Welcome to Magic is Real. I'm Shannon Torrance. I'm your host, and I'm a psychic medium. Today I have with me my friend Marilee Duffy. And Marilee is here to share some of her spiritual insights and experiences with us. I'm going to read a little bio for you about Marilee because I think that uh, her bio will, will say it better than I can. So Marilee Duffy is an energy healer. She's an intuitive psychic planetary magician, hermetic cabalist, and host of the Casual Temple podcast, which I was on last night. Thank you so much for that, Marilee. Mm -hmm. In her life, Marilee has had strange mystical events, which gave her a fascination with the unseen world. As the host of the Casual Temple podcast, she explores our connection to the world of spirit and how that empowers us to know our true selves. So there's a real, uh, there's a real partnership here because we're both doing the same thing. I'm having trouble yes. with words today. I'm sorry. Well, Marilee, thank you so much for being here as my guest. I'm very, very happy to have you here. Oh, well, thank you, Shannon. Well, even, you know, you may perceive that you're having trouble with words. You sound amazing as always. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, a lot of these, um, like astrologers or tarot readers, they're always like, mm. I can't speak. It must be Mercury in retrograde. Oh, right. And I'm always like, <laughs> or you're just having a moment, but a moment, yeah. Um, but but Mercury is in retrograde, so let's just use that as the scapegoat. Yeah. Uh, so, Marilee, tell me about you. Uh, first of all, I'd love mm -hmm. to start with talking about the work that you do, um, mm -hmm. because I'm really curious about what you mean when you say planetary magician, and I'd love to mm -hmm. hear more about uh, what hermetic uh, hermetic cabalism. How do you say it? Kirk sure. Cabalism. Yeah. Uh, please share about that. Oh, hey, um, I'll start with uh, the word Kabbalah, because yes, as you may or may not know, it's a Jewish word, and uh, the vowels are very creative, so you can kind of say, <laughs> you might have heard it pronounced <laughs> so many ways. Um, I just say Kabbalah, uh, Kabbalist, if I'm referring oh, that, to that Oh, that way. works better, I think. Um, yeah, her, it, it works for the way my mouth is shaped. So, <laughs> yes. Um, um, as far as a planetary magician, um, that is something that I've been practicing for about two years now, which is, um, and we'll kind of probably get into it as we talk yeah. about sort of the progression of sort of my path, but it is something that I was like, not wanting to go down like planetary magic. I was like, I don't even understand planets. What like, yeah. doesn't make any sense. I literally have an altar to every day of the week in my room that we're in here um, representing the different the seven major planets um, I do rituals a daily ritual with the planets to kind of you know kind of sync to that energy and when I do sort of more I, I, I call them like targeted <laughs> rituals which generally means like making sigils and sort of imbibing the the energies of um, what I'm trying to accomplish in the sigil uh, using the different planetary uh, gods or goddesses and the representations of those. Um, one would be, an, an example would be, we talked about Mercury. So Mercury and Hermes and Tout. So things about around communication and magic. Um, if that's something I want to strengthen and I would create a sigil around that. And then <clears throat> um, on the planetary hour, the planetary day on Wednesday uh, for Mercury, I would, you know, do some, probably use like an Orphic hymn that would, you know, say all the wonderful attributes of Mercury and kind of charge the energy with that sigil. And then it's just kind of like a way of focusing my intention of uh, what I'm trying to create in the world. 
So it's kind of like a distillation of how I use planetary magic, but I, it's just, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels, would you describe it as sort of a way of manifesting? Yeah. 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 For sure. And kind mm -hmm. of harnessing the power of the way that the planets are in alignment mm -hmm. to do your manifesting. Is that sort of what it means? Yeah. If I, yeah, that's a really good way of like succinctly uh, explaining it. I tend to, it's sort of like part of my everyday being. So yeah. hence why I kind of call myself a planetary magician. Um, I'm probably, I'm definitely going down the road of also studying astrology and being more, which I, again, never thought I was going to do because I was like, astrology involves a lot of math yeah, and a lot of things that, beyond me but I'm finding as I'm doing my practice like it keeps coming in so it's like a path that's opening up so I'm going to have yeah. to like explore a little bit <laughs> I've been interested in it and then I keep thinking this is way too exactly advanced for even tarot I can <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I practice tarot for myself but it's still mm. years later I still don't know all the cards and I always right. have to look them up and it's more of just um a little side thing that I like to do for, for yeah. fun or for insight, but, and um, yeah. Oh yeah. So let's talk about, um, like you said, Kabbalah, Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that? Oh, oh gosh. That yeah. one is going to be interesting. So you did talk about the tarot. Yes. Um. So I kind of, I'll start there because it is a hundred percent related and I'll, I'll get us there. Yeah. But uh, the tarot was definitely created with the, the Kabbalah as sort of a frame. Um. And the Kabbalah, you may have heard of like the tree of life and, you know, the tree of life appears in many different spiritual modalities, but specifically in Jewish mysticism in the Kabbalah, the tree of life is made up of 10 nodes, uh, which I, you know, again, you know, kind of planetary, right? There's sort of planets are associated to those nodes, but we won't go down that, that road yet. Um, but the node that we all exist in is called Malkuth and it's like the material world, right? It's where all the higher energies have like come and settled down and now we're like in Malkuth. And as you go up the different paths of the tree of life, you're kind of ascending back into uh, Keter, which is the very first sphere, which is the, the sphere of spirit. It's like where everything is the source essentially. Um, but the different spheres kind of I don't want to say control, but they are just sort of the center for different things in your life, right? So you have Malkuth. The next sphere is Yesod, which is associated to the moon and thing in the astral realm. And as you kind of proceed up the different nodes, you learn more about like what that sphere is about and sort of how that energy plays in your reality, plays in yourself as a being. Um, and it's, yeah, again, start, started in my early in my magical practice. And again, it was something where I was like, that looks complicated. <laughs> just, <laughs> But then it kept like, kept showing up, kept showing up. And I was like, oh, I guess I need to learn this. Right. Um, and there is, you know, the, the very much the Jewish mysticism, mysticism tradition, which is very much a part of um, that religion. The hermetic side of it is more around sort of the um, hermetic magicians of say the early 20th century <laughs> yeah around that time late 1800s early 1900s um that you've probably heard of the uh hermetic order of the golden dawn um there was another order preceding that um where they kind of created the tarot essentially like the the foundation of the modern tarot that we know today um and so the hermetic order of the golden dawn very much used 
the systems of Kabbalah. And as far as like hermeticism, <clears throat> excuse me, if I were to distill what hermeticism is, and of course it's der derived from the god Hermes, um, and Hermes is also sort of known as like an androgynous figure associated to androgyny. Um, but hermeticism to me is like sort of the balance between masculine and feminine energy, which I don't see anything like really to do with like your sexuality or sexual orientation or your sexual preference. It's more around that each of us have that and both energies within us and we're in constant like balance of those energies and depending on the situation depending on other you know forces laws and forces that are interacting with you like you might need more of one or the other to kind of like move through your life um so for me like the hermetic kabbalah is just understanding that there is those two energies that i'm constantly working in i kind of see the perspective of the world is working within those sort of two poles of energy and with the uh, Kabbalah itself, again, you have the tree of life that I kind of described earlier with the nodes, but within it, there are these two pillars that sit aside the tree of life. Technically, there's three. There's one in the middle, too. Um, but the two main pillars are are represented, representative of the masculine and feminine energies, essentially. And so you're moving between the pillars constantly, like, essentially as a being. And to be more centered is you go through that middle pillar, which is the balance of those two energies. So for me, when I consider myself a hermetic Kabbalist, it's I'm, I'm constantly understanding myself through those energies. I'm understanding myself and how I relate to the different nodes, the different spheres of, or sephira, spheres and sephira of the, of the tree of life in the Kabbalah. And I've only like, anytime I step into it, literally when I'm doing a meditation on a sphere and I'm exploring that realm of the sphere and asking it to deliver knowledge, um, it's always like amazing. <laughs> like It's just like an amazing um, way for me to organize my spiritual practice. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you is yeah. <laughs> what, how does, yeah, how do you incorporate mm that um ideology i guess i don't know yeah. that it, how do you incorporate that ideology into your work and your mm -hmm. life uh i guess why does that how is that important yeah i would say the reason it was important to me is be, and i didn't quite understand this until maybe like a year into it is i guess i'm kind of analytical right like i have a very analytical mind analytical approach to things and so something about the way it's organized and the way um you kind of approach kabbalah and the tree of life and these sort of things it, it was like oh it's organized right it's organized in the spheres there's a path there's these two these pillars okay i'm like and understanding how energy works and as far as like my everyday practice or just my everyday being i spend a lot of time again like I've been working on uh, meditating with uh, the very first node, Keter, and the second node, Hakma. And so I've been spending uh, some meditations just sitting there and just like, again, like asking for what that sphere is and how can I understand it better? Um, because essentially, 
if I'm understanding each of the spheres, I'm understanding myself because each of us has the tree of life in us. And it's only there to really to understand who I am and how I'm interacting with the many worlds that we are interacting with and, and interacting with this current world. And the way that I love working with it is with the tarot because the tarot is organized by the tree, the tree of life. Um, like the way the, uh, excuse me, the major arcana is laid out, like it's organized within the different spheres. And until I really understood the, the, um, the tree of life, I, I finally was like, I think I get the tarot because the tarot, the numbers for like, say the four of cups, they're associated to one of the nodes on the, the tree of life as is, um, oh, I take that back. The numbers uh, are associated to the tree of life, like the cups, the four of cups, that sort of thing. The paths are the ones that are associated to the major arcana. So the paths are the the paths connecting each of the nodes. Um, so there's like a, a a logical way that the tarot relates to the Kabbalah. And so I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense, right? Because now I have like a map, right? I have a map, I have a reference point. These things were important to me in my spiritual practice because I felt a lot of times like, you know, spiritual practice, there's nothing I can really grab onto like intellectually and like really integrate it, understand it for myself. Um, so I do feel with the Kabbalah, that was something that was like, oh, I get it. Like I can be the mystical, you know, meditative, like let it, you know, let the information come. But once it's here, it's important for me to integrate and understand and so for that to happen, it was like the Kabbalah, you know, like it really right. laid everything out to, for me. So, yeah, that explained, you explained it really yeah. well. Oh, thank you. Okay. So yeah, I'd love to know how, what got you here. Uh, oh. I'd love to know about your background, <laughs> Okay, you know, and <laughs> what your background was like as it pertains to your spiritual, your spiritual journey. You know, how mm. were you raised? Were you raised with religion, without religion? And I'd love to hear about some of those mystical experiences that you mentioned in your bio yeah okay so I'm roll it back um so some of the things I was thinking about was um as a baby and I've heard other people talk about this too um is when I was a really young child like maybe three or younger I had like these thoughts that were very adult right like I was having like, weird adult thoughts like I was even I remember contemplating my name and I was like I guess that's a good name, you know, <laughs> you know, okay, you know, and, or like looking at something, I'm like, I know what that is. And, you know, I was like, oh, these, I was looking at the curtains above my crib and I was like, those are bluebells. How do I know those are bluebells? Like this was before I was even like talking. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, okay, this is strange. I'm having these um, strange adult thoughts and I was having opinions about my parents already. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. Um, but around five years old was kind of the main thing that occurred, which was my mom was in the hospital giving birth to my brother, my little brother. And she was having a really like a hard time, like so much so that like my dad had to sit us down and say like, look, your mom, I don't think she's going to make it. I don't think your brother's going to make it. Um, you know, and he got up and literally there was like a priest, he like came around the corner and he's talking to the priest and they're both going into the, the room with my mom. And I remember standing there and my holding my sister's hand and you know she's like two years younger than me so she's three at the time I'm holding her hand and I'm like asking and I know you know what this is like I kind of stay still and I ask I, spirit but I didn't know that's what I was doing I was like okay is my mom gonna die no 
is my brother going to die? No. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's it. And then I was fine. And we just like sat on the chair and I told my sister, it's going to be fine. And then even though there were like people running, <laughs> it was like, it was bad. Right. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. My mom survived, my brother survived. And so, you know, but out the outside world, anybody else, if, you know, you told an adult that they would be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's looking dire. <laughs> yeah. It was like you, I mean, to me, this feels like you are one of those kids that remembered who you were from not exactly what was going on, but you right. had sort of a, a memory of your true nature and your true self. And so you were able to revert back to mm -hmm. the, you're like, I, I, there's somebody there that I have to ask this question of. Right. They'll, they'll answer whether <laughs> yeah. you could really figure out what that meant or not. It was like this knowing of, well, I'll just ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know who I was asking, <laughs> yeah. but I knew, you know, you, you explained it very yes. well. Um, so there was that event and then the other, and so the next event I'll describe, well, it's a series of events, but it's basically the thing that I was like, no more, <laughs> right. no more of this. Um, but I was, you know, remembering that I had imaginary friends, but I couldn't see them. I could only hear them. And it was kind of like in my head, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I heard voices. It was just like, I kind of heard it in my head. And they would, they were really like, they were kind of bad. <laughs> we could do like really like kind of things that would really make me laugh, but they were not like, not great. Like we would play tricks on my mom, tricks on other kids that would visit the house. Like it wasn't great. But finally these things, they started playing tricks on me, right? And so the final straw, like they, or one of the things that they did was I was definitely afraid of crickets and bugs. Like I did not like them. And my dad was a fisherman or he, it, for his hobby, he would go fishing and he had like a cup of crickets and this was in Louisiana, right? So he goes to the bait store, has a cup of crickets. And then like, I remember staring at those crickets and like, oh my gosh, I hate, well, what if that cup fell over and the cup, boop, it fell over <laughs> when I was staring oh, no. at it and the crickets went everywhere. And I'm like, I, I wanted to scream, but I knew I would get in real big trouble, right? Because they would think I knocked the cricket cup over. Right. Um, but I went to my mom. I was like, mom, the cricket cup. <laughs> anyway, so she like helped clean up the crickets. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why, why did they do that? Um, but then the next thing was I was standing in the house. We, we lived on an uh, Air Force base in Louisiana. And the house we were in, was this, uh, bedrooms were on the second floor. And I remember, I think I was in the bathroom as five-year-old, you know, maybe, no, it was pre-five. I was probably like four. And then I heard, you know, one of, a voice coming out of my bedroom. And they were like, hey, Mich well, <laughs> hey, Marilee, come in here. And I was like, okay. And so I walked in there and I had this huge, like stuffed teddy bear that sat on a table. And they were like, watch this. <laughs> anyway and then um I looked at the teddy bear and these these like spider legs like started creeping out of the eyes of the teddy bear out of the nose of the teddy bear until like a huge two huge spiders like came out of the eyes of the teddy bear like it came out of the eyes of the no. teddy bear and then there were spiders all over the teddy bear right and I lost it I was screaming my head off like, oh, I was like, you stop, you know, stop, stop, stop. And then I felt like one parent, you know, it was like that moment where I was just like, I lost it, but I could 
feel like a parent or two parents or somebody were, was around me trying to calm me down. And I was just like, no more, go away, go away, go away, <laughs> don't ever. Um, and then I think that was it. Boom, done. <laughs> like, right. I was like, no more. <laughs> and so I think pretty much shut like all of that down. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Were those like trickster spirits that were oh. messing around? I mean, yes. who are, yeah, I'm trying to figure out like, who are those things? What yeah. are those things? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're very trickstery for sure. Because you saw that, but then did you also see nice spirits and nice things? Well, the thing is, is they kind of started out nice, right? Yeah. Like they kind of were kind of funny and were entertaining and they liked my emotions. And this is why I think they're kind of more earthy trickster spirits. Yeah. They liked when I was laughing. They liked that. But then they found out, oh, I like when she gets scared. I like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's when it was like, oh God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then going into your older years. Mm-hmm. Did, was it completely shut down? Were you spiritual at all? Did you continue to have experiences or was it sort of like on pause until it needed to come up at a later mm-hmm. date? Yeah, I would say I would have, I think, it, you know, cause I'm thinking between the ages of like five and 12, like things would come, like I would have premonitions, right. But I didn't know that's what they were. I would just have all these knowings of certain events were happening. Um, and I would be like, oh, that's weird. Cause I literally <laughs> like imagine that and it happened. Um, and also I would say as far as like the spirituality piece, my family were, I guess my dad was Irish American and my mom is Filipino. So there was like sort of Catholic, yeah. <laughs> like we would go to like mass on Christmas, you know, but not really. Um, and my dad, you know, my parents divorced and we were living with my dad at around eight when I was around 10 and he decided he wanted to go find religion again so he was dragging us to all these like fundamentalist Christian churches in Arizona I know you live in Arizona yeah so yeah we were living in Arizona at this time and it what was funny was I had started reading the Bible when I was like nine or ten because I was like an advanced reader as a child and so at nine or ten I was reading the Bible I really love the sections of Genesis was beautiful like it's so great and then the sections of Jesus I'm like that guy is pretty cool you know, so I kind of knew the Bible and, you know, and so when we would go to Sunday school class, I remember in particular, it was one of these churches in Phoenix. It's probably still there, but it was one of these churches where above ground, right? it's like all modern. They have like a rock and roll band, you know, they're all excited yeah. and singing songs, but underneath where the Sunday schools are, <clears throat> I remember like this one session, the Sunday school teacher, he was like, yeah, if you don't, something like, if you don't renounce Satan, Satan is going to torture you, not only you, Satan is going to torture your family, like flay this flesh from their bones. And I didn't even really understand what that meant, right? He's like, all these gruesome things. intense. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then I was like, uh, and I remember thinking like, Jesus does not approve of this. was like I think you didn't read what Jesus was talking about and so I was like this guy is no and I was like dad we're not we're not going to the Sunday school (laughs) like I am not going anymore this is crazy because I was like I was in my own Sunday school class right my brother and sister were in their own grades or whatever like I don't even know what the heck they were telling those kids you know um so yeah so I had this kind of like I 
you know, I had exposure to religion, which now I'm actually kind of grateful for in a way, right? There is something about believing in something or, you know, beyond you. Um, and the idea of the community is interesting, but um, yeah, even as a kid, I was like, I, they don't know what they're talking about. So I'm right. not interested. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like sort of that middle age. And then as a teenager, you know, I loved paranormal. This is the thing I think it wraps back to what it was. Like I was oddly fascinated with like psychic abilities, paranormal, UFOs. I read all the books. You know, my dad was into that stuff. So I read all those books probably about age 12. And I read communion on another podcast. I mentioned this. I read communion at like age 10, which is wow, that's the pretty, worst yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I did not sleep for two years because, oh my God. <laughs> what were you concerned? What was, what was it that was keeping you up about that book? You don't, you know, there's probably, you know, probably people, I know a lot of letters uh, went to the Strebers about people going, oh my gosh, I had experiences. I, it could have been that. Yeah. Um, But I was just terrified. And I did have like, you know, I, I know I talked about sort of shutting down stuff, uh, at a younger age but I was terrified of things under my bed like literally terrified of it even beyond probably a little older than I should have been um and so I you know I think there was something about like sensing other beings in your mm -hmm. space that was like freaking me out but I didn't consciously know that that's what was terrifying me um but yeah yeah and so <laughs> actually let's so I want to cut back to to sure. what what kind of work do you do with clients Mm, oh, yeah. So what I've been doing with clients and I'll, yeah, that is something with my magical practice. I'll kind yeah. of like link those two. Um, <clears throat> when I started doing my magical practice, I was getting a lot of like psychic information. And so, and I would ask like my, you know, my fellow magicians, like, hey, are you experiencing this type? And a lot of them are like, no, not really. I mean, I would kind of feel things. I'm like, yeah, but I'm seeing like very strong symbols. I'm getting being, you know, I'm sensing beings in my space. Like, what is, you know, you're not feeling this. <laughs> like, anyway, so I finally was like, I think I need to understand like psychic abilities, right? Mm -hmm. So in like 20, was it 2022? So not that long ago, I started going to um, a psychic, I call it psychic school here in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there they teach uh, energy healing and, you know, psychic tools, right? Like how to clear your energy, how to like kind of sense energy around you, give you all the like nice, really cool tools of that. And I took their like year long uh, clairvoyant awareness program. What it was initially just to kind of get a handle on what I was experiencing and kind of articulate it and be able to kind of manage it. But part of their program is working with clients, um, doing aura healings and aura readings. And I found that I can, you know, I was, I could do it. You know, <laughs> I yeah. was like pretty confident in doing it. And I could really sense the energy um, when I was working with uh, people's auras. And so that's, you know, what I do. I do aura readings, um, which is kind of like a psychic reading, but I, we were taught to kind of look through each of the chakras and sort of the aura as a whole. And so to kind of give somebody an idea of like, you know, these are sort of the pictures or the stories that are kind of floating around in your aura. Um, that's what I see. And it's really for the client, like, is that something you want to keep? Or is that something you want to like yeah. maybe transform? 
in something new, you know, that's kind of what the aura reading is about is like giving people information. Um, I also do like a healing within the aura if as we're going along, like, oh, do you, you know, I kind of see this, we can like kind of remove it, you know, like cords, energetic cords out of somebody's space, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, what kinds of things do you see? Well, first of all, when you like when you look at any old person, do you automatically see their aura or is it something you have to consciously tap into? Like when you have a client like I do when I'm I don't just see dead people everywhere and talk to them all the time. I actually say, OK, I'm ready to see dead people and talk to them. So let's start. Yeah. But do you have to does it happen all the time for you or is it something just in session? Well, I would say it's like 98 percent of the time. It's in session, right? Yeah. And, it's, and we talked about this on your, yes. you know, <laughs> on my podcast or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's not seeing, but it's more of like a sensing. Like I don't necessarily see their aura with my physical eyes. It's more of like, you know, I'm kind of looking up into, I don't know, spirit space yeah. over here and kind of like holding my hand out to kind of see what I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes it does come in as a story, right? Like something, what was something that was... Um, Oh, one of the things was like in somebody's root chakra, I saw this girl, like the the woman that was in front of me, but she looked like a girl and she was like running through uh, kind of like a, a swampy lake. Like there was a lot of sticky mud and she's running, but her feet kept getting stuck and she's like, you know, couldn't get her feet out. And I could feel, you know, the sensation of like, she feels like there's something after her, you know, like chasing her, but she's mm-hmm. stuck in this mud. And so I was like, well, as you know, and I, I narrate what I see. I'm like, this is what right. I'm seeing. This is the picture that I'm seeing and it's in your root chakra. So this is just telling me that you have a lot of not, you're not, you don't feel safe in the world. Like there's a lot of, there's something here um, about your, your core, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like your core needs do not feel, you don't feel like they're being met, met because of this picture that I'm seeing is, is what I, how I interpreted it. And then she, you know. So that's kind of like a image that I would see is kind of like a story. And then how would you go about clearing that? Yeah. So as far as clearing it, you know, I would, you know, relay to the client um, if that was something that they wanted to put more sort of neutral energy around. So I don't like to like put something there. Right. I like to just give back sort of like a neutral energy or just kind of make more room around it. Cause a lot of times it just feels tight, right? Yeah. Like when I look and when I feel it, like the energy feels tight. And so it's like, let's give more room, more space, more neutral energy around this. Um, just so that they have like, it's kind of like opening a window right mm-hmm. in the house. Like you need fresh air and let kind of like the old air out just so some new air can come in. Um, but people don't know, most of the time people don't know as you know, (laughs) like energy, like that, that's something they can either do themselves or have, you know, somebody assist them with. Um, But yeah, it's just, yeah, that's kind of my, my modality is like giving more space and energy to something rather than, um, but, you know, my method is removing, I know that like different modalities, they kind of question, (laughs) like taking, but if I see it, I'm like, and I can move it, I'm moving it, you know, and I will see like entities, um and cords within people that's really interesting yeah so in order to sort of like as I just asked you this but I'm asking a different way kind of which is like if somebody is like yeah I've got like let's okay like if somebody has an attachment to somebody or something that's not serving Mm. them 
Yeah. But they're whether it's like an ex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't want to be connected. Is that something that you feel equipped to do? Or will you be like, okay, this is kind of something you have to meditate on? Or are there actually like methods of cutting mm-hmm. cords from where you sit? Or is it walking th- them through a meditation? Mm-hmm. What exactly does that look like? Yeah, I would say, you know, the way I've kind of managed it is, you know, I kind of layer or narrate as I go. And if I see it, like say, oh, I have, you know, I want to get rid of this attachment. And I'm like, okay, let's see if there is one, right? Is there an attachment like that I can see at least? Yeah. And then if I can kind of see or feel it, I'm like, okay, let's take, you know, let's take this out of your space, you know, and kind of, and once it's gone, we fill it with neutral space again. So it is something, you know, and then obviously like, you know, kind of giving them tools to sort of manage their energy and this sort of removal of this attachment mm-hmm. going forward. And a lot of times, you know, it's hard, you know, we're, we're doing this kind of like, like, you know, the, the observer would say, oh, it's kind of imaginary play in a lot of ways, right? Like it's kind of like psychological and imaginary. And, you know, and I see that the benefit of that as well. It is like, okay, we, we did this kind of ceremony. We did this ritual, you know, magical terms of removing this. Um, and we gave new energy to it. Now I, as the client or the, uh, you know, whoever's receiving the healing, okay, that has been done now. Now, can I move forward? Right. Um, but that is, you know, sometimes you know, it is really up to the the client, how they move forward. And it may be a conscious thing or decision, maybe a subconscious decision. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely there. If I see something, it will be removed and neutral energy applied. Yeah. Um, When you and I were talking yesterday, you said you were more of a psychic and I said, I'm more of a Mm -hmm. medium where I get information from loved ones on the other side. Mm -hmm. You talked about having more of a connection with, if I'm correct, spirit guides and angels. Is Mm -hmm. that, did you say that? That was you, right? Um, And so when you perceive spirit guides and angels around somebody, Mm -hmm. how do you perceive them? Yeah. So I tend to perceive, because I do a lot of work with my eyes closed, right? And so I kind of see sort of like, I don't know, like an outline of the person in front of me, whether it's like the actual outline or representation of it. But I usually kind of get a sense of the outline of the person in my imaginary eye. And as I'm looking looking at them with my uh, imaginary eye, Mm -hmm. I'll see lights come in. And they literally look like pinpoints of light, like stars oddly enough, (laughs) they kind of look like stars coming in and they're different colors. And a lot of times because of the method that I've learned of looking at the different chakras, they kind of come in at different chakras. And because they're coming in at different chakras, I get the sense that they mean something. When I see them come in at the root chakra, that looks like, like dearly departed, you know, human relation you know people who are related to that person or or their pets I see their pets a lot in the root chakra um, coming in and they'll show themselves like pets especially they're so cute they'll show themselves right by the person's feet like Mm. that's how I see them I'm like oh do you have and then I'll like get a picture of a either a cat or a dog oh did you have a cat or a dog that pat you know yeah seeing this light around your feet right when I look at you um And then as I go up, I generally see a lot, you know, a lot of um, spirits come in when I look at the throat chakra, which is strange, but not strange because of the messages they give me is how to connect with, um, 
with them, like as the client. So I'll get messages around, yeah, they need to like, uh, uh, they either need to like do automatic writing. And one time, you know, I saw like saw one of the guys like pointing at, at their ear, like they need to let, they've heard us before. And I said, uh, I got this message that they, they've talked to you before and you would know what that means or whatever. And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay, they've been trying to communicate you with you clairaudiently. And so that might be something to think about of like how to clear your space so that you can like listen to them more because they are like trying to communicate through your, your hearing. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's usually about that. I don't get like, you know, specifics about like your grandmother that passed or anything. Yeah. Mostly the guides are there, at least at this point in time, they're there to like, tell me the modalities so the client can connect with them. And that's what I think is the best thing personally <laughs> as like somebody who works with the my own guides it's like you really want that one-on-one -on -one communication um yes. with them yourself and so that's what they're always trying to show me yeah um, yeah I want to talk about spirit guides too because yeah everyone has spirit guides mm -hmm. we don't all have the same number of them I <laughs> personally don't know how to determine how many there are or yeah a lot of times their names aren't really important, but I've asked for names and I've gotten a couple. So now I call them these names and I always feel silly because I'm like, I don't know, but that's the name that dropped in when I asked. And so yeah. uh, I always say, I know you probably don't care, but I'm just going to say them anyway. And I've been really developing a strong relationship with my spirit guides where it's almost sounds crazy. Like it sounds crazy, but I will, while I'm out driving, because I, I have a delivery job. I always talk to them and I say, all right, this is what I would like you to intervene and help with because spirit guides will not intervene unless you ask them. Right. That's my understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say, hey, I'm giving you full permission to intervene in these matters, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I'm willing to do the work. You just lead me to the, like, you lead, you lead me down the path and I'll take it. But just, I need some like, where do I need to live? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. How do I bring in more abundance? Um, and so it's interesting because I keep saying, I, I say, I love you. Thank you. And all the things. And then I say, can you now show me a sign that you've received this message? And I swear to you, I think I told you this yesterday, but I'll tell it for the audience yeah. that I keep looking up at the sky at that moment. And there's a little rainbow, not a big rainbow. It's like these little patches of rainbows mm -hmm. that look like they're just little smudges of little tiny rainbows in between clouds. And it's like, 85% of the time, that's what I see. And I'm like, every time. So then yesterday I said, if you don't want to do rainbows, just show me another sign that you received my messages and my affirmations. Mm. And I stopped and I delivered a package. And as I'm crossing the street, I look. And first of all, it's 444 on the clock. And the house across from the one I was delivering at is 111. And what? I'm like, that is, and I'm like, guys, I said, you guys are crazy. And I understand that if you acknowledge them, they'll give you more of that. If you say, thank you, I see you. Uh, mm. But I'd love to hear from you. What are spirit guides? Mm -hmm. From what you understand, we all, you know, I, like, what are they? How do they choose us? Mm -hmm. How many do people get? What's the difference between them and angels? Like, what do they do? What's their nature? And how do you interact with them anything you want right. to share Ooh. oh my yeah. gosh all of it yeah this is a great question uh trying to break it down okay so how I understand it um because I'm understanding you know that I am a, an interdimensional interplanetary being right through my meditations 
through my magical practice, through working with other people. Like, I do think that these spirit guides, they come from all of those dimensions, you know, or they can come from any of those dimensions. Um, and they will, you know, I don't want to say attach, but they're like, I want to work with you. Like, there's probably some agreement. I know that's like a thing that people have said, like a soul agreement uh, that these guides will work with you. Um, there's also like, if you want a specific thing and I'll kind of go back to the planetary thing. Like if I want like a house, you know, I want like, I want a house. Um, I'll invite like the energy of like Jupiter and the associated spirits and angels with, with the planet Jupiter to come help assist with that. And it's similar with spirit guides. Like if you're like, I need help with, uh, you know, like getting a new job or, you know, something pays this much and, you know, this kind of company or, you know, when you're giving it the specifics, I think those energies will come in and help assist you. Now, as far as like your specific guides, I do think that there's some sort of like a, attachment or agreement or friendship, even, you know, mm -hmm. love that is, you know, connecting all of those energies together and, and assisting you. Because like, I mean, <laughs> like I have like a crazy array of them. Like I say crazy, but I have like a dragon spirit <laughs> And that one's fun because it's like working with him and he's like giving me a lot of knowledge around like what dragon energy is and how they were here at the creation of the universe. And they're just like this ancient, like the, he's like giving me the story of dragons. It's like, okay, <laughs> how do you, how do we work together? You know? And it is that yeah. process of like, oh, you're here. Who are you? What's your name? How, why are, why are you here and how are we working together? You know, that sort of, it's like an interview process for mm -hmm. me is how I kind of <laughs> think of it. Um, and so it's, it is like, uh, that is just generally how I work with them is if I kind of sense them in my space and I'll ask what that energy is, or in, if I need spirit guides to uh, do a specific thing, like my healings, I have two main spirit guides that I work with which is Samuel and Joseph <laughs> and I do this because they're associated to each of my hands right they're Samuel and Joseph oh no sorry I take that back Francis and Joseph uh -huh. Samuel is the one he helps me with the psychic readings um and they have like Jewish names which I you know you know this that when you ask yeah. them what's your name and it just pops in you're like I guess that's it that's what I was going to ask you is how <laughs> yeah. you figured it out mine are Calliope and Wendell and I was what? like there's no way I would have made those names up because yeah. they're so random Sorry. So I just stick with them. I could yes. be wrong, but I was like, Wendell, that is not what I expected. Yeah, Wendell. You yeah, expect like, it Wendell? to be something more like more, more needle or something. I was just like, I didn't expect Wendell. that. Okay. That, yeah. So I go with it. Oh, funny. I'm gonna say about Calliope because I did mm -hmm. I've done ancestral uh, medicine and yeah. healing down my uh line. And in my mother's line, I had this like ancient woman come through and I was like, What's your name? Calliope. And I was like, Calliope. I haven't even thought of the word. Me neither. Yeah, you're like, what, Wait, what if we shift? Is she the same lady? <laughs> I know. Oh, well, actually, I was going to say that, like, yeah. ever since we got on the call, there's some spirit that's like, I don't know if it's, a, I don't know what it is, spirit guides or angels. We'll have to figure it out after, mm. but I've been, something's touching, been touching my head the whole time. So Your I'm, head, really? Oh, my gosh. head, my whole scalp is like <gasps> tingling and it feels like someone's petting my hair. And I'm like, who is it? <laughs> And oh I just am gosh. kind of going, is it one of her loved ones? We mm. we will figure that out. Or is it Ooh. just spirit guides gathering around? Because we're both very aware of their presence. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. But that just kind of 
That was great. I've been um, feeling it. I've been feeling them here. Yeah, I do want to, because you did share, I love how you're like, give me a sign because I'm yes. really bad at that. I'm really bad at having them give me a sign. I'm just like, okay, but it's a sign. Fun yeah, it just that makes is it fun. fun. Yeah, it's a fun game I play. Yeah. Because I always am surprised. Right. <laughs> I keep going, it's not going to, I mean, they're not, it's not going to, and then it's right there. I'm like, how is that real? That's, it's so cool. Yeah. And then, so I, I think, and I'll just share the one time I actually asked for a yeah. sign and I'll share because you talked about the top of your head yeah. and I was like, oh man, is it the same thing? But, um, so I work with the Archangel Metatron quite a bit and Archangel Metatron is sort of kind of, you know, he's like a, the big guy, right? He's right yeah. next to like the God energy and sort of that, that structure. And he, does sort of manage like occult knowledge and magic and just you know so I was like he's the guy that I kind of want to build this relationship with um and so I worked with him quite frequently and one of my and I work with this Reiki person who's a psychic and she was actually a guest Tiffany Reeds um on my podcast but she called out like she was like oh because she was telling me oh there's this particular angel here to help with this thing she's like oh yeah and there's like Metatron's here for some reason and I was like I don't know exactly <laughs> I was like yeah. let me tell you Metatron's here but then I was like you know I was listening to a podcast because I'm a big fan of podcasts and on this podcast like the woman was describing like getting an angel like asking for an angel feather right mm -hmm. and I was like oh. and I was listening to it when I was at the gym and so I'm at the gym on the elliptical and I'm like you know Metatron we've been working together for a while. <laughs> I would love if you can send me a feather. That would be really great. Uh -huh. And I have a feather, you know, so I ask in these like very childish terms, like as I'm on the treadmill, but it was all in my head, right? I didn't say it out loud. Um, I leave the gym and I get into my car. And as I, I get into the car, I have to pull out or I have to back out of the space. And I look in my rear view mirror, there is a white feather <laughs> in the rear view mirror like tucked into the windshield wiper blade and I was like what that's you crazy kidding? you're kidding me because it was excuse me 20 like not even 20 minutes later right boom it was right there and I know I, I like, found mine yesterday too same <laughs> thing I, I said ask I asked for a sign and then I had those numbers and then I went to deliver a package and right in the dirt there was a feather but it was like this big a white feather yeah, that a was little. so little like in maybe in it not even an inch it was so tiny and I looked around because a lot of these farms have birds and so it sure. would be like if a bird got killed which happens sometimes you're like oh that's not a feather there's a whole carcass over there <laughs> right, this was exactly. like just a teeny tiny little feather just sitting by itself and I'm like I know it, it's so perfectly placed mm -hmm. it's just a little hello from heaven yeah yeah but who is Metatron because I I, oh. I bring him into my readings and I don't really know who he is I mean, mm -hmm. I I don't know much about him. I just know that if I ask him to be there, I feel safer. Yes. He's basically, I kind of think of Metatron, like everybody's going to have probably their own sort of version of yeah. what Metatron is. The way I've experienced Metatron is he is like sort of the holder of the knowledge. He is sort of the director, if you think in those terms of the Akashic yeah. Records. He's like the dude. And in, you know, if you believe in sort of the structure of like a God or mm -hmm. a presence, he sits literally, he's like the second in command if we're going to okay. talk in those terms, right? Yeah. Of those energies. Um, and he often appeared, and 
I didn't mention this because I didn't necessarily want to go down this rabbit hole, but my husband's very, very psychic, just naturally very psychic. <laughs> like we talked about being born psychic. He was born psychic, like super yeah. psychic. Um, he And when I started doing my practices, he actually had a visitation from Metatron where he was like pulled up into the Akashic records. Wow. And uh, Metatron showed him like the the machinery of the universe is basically what happened. And then my husband was describing, like describing what was happening. He didn't even say it was Metatron, but he was describing it. He's like, yeah, and this like angelic, he he didn't even call it angelic. He said this voice. And he was so funny because he was like, it was this male voice. It was like an attractive male voice. (laughs) Like like, it was like, it was a really nice voice. It said, hey, you know, isn't this beautiful or whatever? And as he's showing him the machinery of the universe. And then Jason was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's pretty lucky. That sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's not on anything. We're not into like tripping out or anything. I, I, may, I mean travel. like a real big trip, like a trip to the <laughs> other side. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was cool. So he, he described it and I was like, that sounds like Metatron. And then yeah. he, as he was looking like Metatron often appears to people as like a voice. Um, so that oh, was how interesting. Weird. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Metatron. And then what's, what's the difference between a spirit guide and an angel? Hmm. Gosh, how I would describe that. I think a spirit guide oftentimes, here's what how I, I have felt it. Spirit guides have been incarnate, right? They either on different planets, different dimensions, they have known sort of what like a body and inhabiting um like a form is, right? They they kind of understand that's why they're attracted. One, they're attracted to humans in this incarnation, in my opinion, is yeah. because they're like, oh man, like we've heard that place pretty yeah. hard. Like we want to go help, right? So I think that's why they're attracted to us. Angels, on the other hand, and again, like I'm not religious at all, but this, you know, I do think that the benefit of having these religions around is there is like a structure, right? To kind of help mm-hmm. us navigate. Um Angels were never or have never been incarnated and they are emanations, like the very close emanations to the one source, to the one God. Um, they can be everywhere and anywhere and with anybody at any time. Um, some would just say like the archangels could do that, you know, and there is a structure to that as well. Like the archangels can do that, but I, the angels underneath them can as well. Mm-hmm. And so they're sort of, they're very much, um, when you start like, working or meditating with them it is like you understand like there's something about timelessness they're really well suited to managing emotions like if you ask and give up your emotions and ask an angel to help any of the angels like there are specific ones I guess you can call but in specific situations but you can just ask your angels to like help with emotions and they were like will help transmute that very quickly Right. I don't know if I've experienced the same with spirit guides. Like they, I don't think they've helped me trans transmute my emotional state. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what they do. I just say, Hey, angel. <laughs> I always say, Hey, spirit guides, angels, yeah, loved ones in spirit, God, Jesus, ascended yeah, masters, anybody. whoever's, whoever's there, <laughs> yeah, whoever's down to, to lend a hand. And, and it's never, <laughs> it's not even like sometimes bad. I just like to set my yeah. intentions with them and say, Hey, I really like, been doing that a lot I really like for this year this is what I want to see in the coming year and these changes and I'd like to have fuller you know authenticity and stronger relationships and more money and 
be how do how can I be of service? All those things. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I'll say, spirit guides, I'm asking you to intervene to help me to do whatever it is that needs to be done. And I'll say, Amen. Thank you. Great. I'm grateful. I see you. And then show me that sign. And like I said, I always do. So, but I'm mm -hmm. not really sure where the angels fit in. I know that they're not, uh, I know that they're beings of light that have sort of always been yeah. beings of light. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the only understanding. But I figure I welcome them to introduce themselves. I welcome them to make themselves known to me. And I welcome even Jesus because I'm not spiritual and I always have yeah. sort of, I mean, I'm not religious, sorry. <laughs> I'm not religious. I am spiritual. Right. And just my whole life, I was always like, I know Jesus is somebody. I believe in Jesus. I just don't know what that means to me. So I've even welcomed him in to say, mm -hmm. show me who you are. Help me have an understanding of who you are. And I'm down to have a relationship. I'm not down to uh, have a religious relationship with any right. entity. But I'm but I'm absolutely open-hearted when it comes to spirit. So mm -hmm. you had, just in your encounters with these beings, mm -hmm. um, do they kind of explain like have they made themselves known in terms of like what is the order of things who mm -hmm. are all these people and and I know you kind of touched on that but just anything mm -hmm. you want to say about what your understanding has been have there been entities that have introduced themselves to you mm -hmm. um yes so <laughs> um I do want to right before I get that to that yes. I do want to say like uh, my understanding is the angels, the archangels and angels manage the long game, right? When okay. you, you, when I do the same thing as you, I ask for my angel, my guides and angels, my answer, you know, I go down the list of like all, all the people, um, in my perspective, the angels manage the long game, right? They transcend time and space. They have like, you know, they understand that, that realm. Um, the other, people we call upon I feel like they kind of manage the other densities the other vibrations and they help in those realms right so they all kind of work together as a team um and I do think like the spirit guides like I said I think they're very connected to us as incarnate humans so they are like okay they want to you know we've got to make sure that they're healthy that they you know have whatever they need to accomplish the thing they have asked us for right so they can take care of those type of needs the angels they don't they don't really understand that. <laughs> They're like thinking of the long game of how we get you from A to B. So I, I think it's great to call on all of them. Now, as far as like being introduced to um, a spirit, I did touch on like Calliope because that was one that came through. That's crazy that we both had that. I know thing. that is so weird. And you know, I'm sure you know that Calliope is around the voice. So that is interesting about I your... didn't know that. Yes. She is around like her voice or her name, I think means something about the this, voice in Greek. This yeah. was during when I lost my voice. That's when I met her. When I had oh. no voice and I had a vocal disorder and I had no idea about that. Oh so now God. I know I just got, okay. So now I know that I was, that was her. Oh, 100%. I'm sure about, in fact, I even had a little squirrel in yeah. LA when I lived there. Uh, that would come to my door and sit in my lap. And I named her Calliope after her. So, yeah. I love that. Keep going. I'm sorry. That was so oh, fascinating, no, no, no. though. That's great. Um, I'll just say the first, <clears throat> you know, I talked about working with Metatron quite a bit. I don't I don't know if, like, I've had, like, a spirit guide come and, like, introduce themselves. Yeah. It's usually, like, I kind of sense them and we get to talking kind mm -hmm. of 
or I work with like a psychic and then they're like, I, you know, I see this type of guide around you and I'm like, okay. And then I'll sit in meditation. And I'm like, are you there? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, and then sort of open up the lines of communication. But the first um, angel, oddly enough, was, um, so you have Metatron, right? I explained Metatron. He has a twin brother called Sandalphon. And oh, yes. Sandalphon, I'm sure you've heard of that uh, yes. archangel. But he's the ruler of Malkuth, of the material world, of okay. Earth, right? Like, that's kind of his realm. And he's the first angel I started, like, when I started doing my magic practice, started meditating, he came through and I was like, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and he's like, I feel like if any archangel, I'm kind of a huge Sandalphon fan. Um, if any archangel, Sandalphon's the dude, right? Because he is the one that understands our density, what's going on. Um, he, you know, there's sort of like the biblical <laughs> thing around metatron and sandalphon were associated to enoch and elijah like the fig these figures in the bible and they both knew what it was like to be human so they're mm. the only angels and they're yeah. archangels that know what it was like to be human right um so sandal but sandalphon he has and i i've experienced this i've talked to other people who sort of experienced sandalphon's energy he's like really funny he has like a really funny energy um, he has a great sense of humor. He loves music. I'm like a huge music fan. And so I was like, no wonder you, you know, you're the first one to reach out to me. Yeah. Um, he told me his favorite, and this is so funny because I love Brit pop music. And so uh -huh. he told me his favorite song is a uh, bittersweet symphony by the bird. <laughs> and That's so, and, funny. Yes. Yeah, so anytime I hear that song, cause he's like, this describes sort of like what's going on in this realm and I was like you're right well that's so interesting <laughs> I have to look up the lyrics now yeah it is great um but yeah he's like a really great energy and it's it feels brotherly right that's mm -hmm. I think that's what his name even means it's like brother okay and so he is just like a great in my opinion <laughs> I know people tend to communicate with Gabriel I do. I'm always Michael. like Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, yeah. but then sometimes I say Sandalphon also because I just kind of want them to introduce themselves. I just felt, yeah. oh, whoa, I felt such big energy just now. On my there's somebody here. It's crazy. Oh, we're going to have it's, to figure this out. I know we're going to have to figure this out. And I'm like, I want to run it by you after we get, yes, please. After we get off this because I'm like, this is either them mm -hmm. making themselves known and I just don't know how to interpret it because I don't know how to do that. Or there's some like, quote unquote, dead people that want to oh. talk, but um, they're not really dead. They're just in a different form. They're a different um, yeah. That's so interesting. And I, mm. I thank you for sharing that because sure. uh, I think there's, I used to not really believe in angels and all that stuff. But as I've gone down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh, it's all part of the same system. Yeah. Now I believe in extraterrestrial beings yep. <laughs> and these angels and these uh, spirit guides and I never thought I'd be the kind of person that would talk about them or acknowledge right. them or I always thought just like kooky old ladies with angel figurines yep with like <laughs> 20 cats yeah I was like I I don't really know about that but I know now that they're very real which is so mm. amazing to me and um and like I said I see evidence of it all the time which is so exciting yeah. um what would you say I think I just want to kind of say mm. Again, my big overarching general question, whatever comes to mind, what mm -hmm. do you want people to know? 
Oh, yes. So I guess what I, you know, kind of the, the goal of my podcast is I, I would like for people in general to have more of a working relationship, I'll use corporate terms, with, uh, with spirit, you know, I feel like it has only ever benefited me. It has only ever benefited the people I've either worked with or the people around me that have like done their own spiritual journey, um, you know, because we are spirit and we're often, you know, not treated that way in yeah. this reality. And, and, you know, and it's, and we did talk about this yesterday. I, I do think that's one of the benefits of, of talking to somebody who's a psychic or medium or an energy healer, like they treat you as if you are a spirit and that's just, you know, you don't get that. <laughs> you just I, don't. Um, so there's something really beautiful about that. And I know that's kind of abstract in a lot of ways, but it is, you know, I, I just feel like people, you know, like figure, you can figure out however, which way you want to interact with spirit in your own way. It doesn't have to be the Kabbalah. It doesn't have to be planetary, you know, it doesn't have to be the way I do it. It's, you know, there's so many different paths and I've only ever seen it work out in positive ways, ultimately for people. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I will have links below if you'd like to work with Marilee. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Goodness gracious. Who are you? This is, <laughs> and there is some big energy in this room right now, but um, I just want to thank you so much for being yeah. here and for sharing what you know about, about spirit guides, about angels, about, the Kabbalah and all things mystical and spiritual. So thank you again, Marilee Duffy for being here. Oh, thank you, Shannon. You're amazing. I'm just here with an update after we stopped recording. It turned out that the spirit that was with me definitely had a lot to say. It was Marilee's dad. The reading is personal, so I'm not going to share it, but I did want to fill you all in since I did keep talking about it during the interview. I was feeling the strongest spirit I have felt in a while. And this spirit was touching my head, touching my hair, touching my back as we were interviewing. It turns out that Marilee's dad uh, in life and in the spirit world had a little issue with boundaries. So he definitely wanted to get through and he did. So now the mystery has been solved. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor and leave a comment below? Anything is great. It helps the algorithm. It helps uh, YouTube know that you're listening, that you're engaging. If you haven't subscribed and you want to, I'd love it if you would. You can, um, if you like the video, if you comment, if you share, if you subscribe, all of those things help to support the podcast for free. Thank you so much for your time, for your energy. Lots of love. <laughs>